podcaster passionate about empowering youth to raise their voices and tell their stories. On Global Youth Matters, they tell their stories in their own voices on their own terms. They have faced life challenges, social, emotional, health, physical, economic, political, and more. They've gone through rough times and have come out on the other side. Get ready because they'll blow your mind. I'm going to let them talk because their voices matter on Global Youth Matters. Good morning, Yasma. I'm very excited to have you here today. And I would like you to go ahead and, you know, introduce yourself. Hi. So I'm Yasma Balbeki and uh, I'm 16 years old. I currently live in Dubai, but I'm from Lebanon and I grew up my entire, almost my entire childhood in Beirut, Lebanon. I really like swimming. I like the outdoors. I like traveling. I like dancing. And I'm really excited to be here today. Tell me a little bit about growing up in Lebanon. So growing up in Lebanon was honestly exceptional. Maybe I think an amazing experience uh, living at home, uh, living with my family members really close. And as you know, you may know that the culture in Lebanon is very community-based. It's very family-based. So I I see my family a lot. We're really close to the wider family. And really growing up here was honestly so amazing and so much fun. Um, but as also you may know, the situation in Lebanon is not very good at the moment and it hasn't been good for a while now. So we had to leave after uh, the explosion on August 4th, 2020. And so my family and I decided to move to Dubai so if you could tell me a little bit, because not, not everybody may know about what was the situation, maybe besides the explosion, maybe economics, di different things that you grew up with in Lebanon. So before COVID in October of 2019, there was a revolution started by the people against the corrupt government demanding for basic human rights. Also, after that, the economy took a hit. The value of the Lebanese lira which is the currency in Lebanon. Um, also, it, it devalued and started changing a lot. And so people started um, finding themselves with less and less money. And so there was hunger and more and more poverty. And after that, COVID hit, uh, which really um, put a strain on people and jobs, which further created like a big problem. And then after that, there was the explosion, which came all of a sudden, um, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't really related to what was happening. It was a bunch of chemicals that were stored in the port for a really long time and they just exploded. So that further um, really destroyed the city of Beirut and really destroyed the, like the souls of the people as a whole. And so it's just been really spiraling since 2020, 2019. Yeah. So how was, I guess, so a big part of your life was growing up in those circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. Even, I mean, it seems like there was a, from what you described, a really nice social network of family and community to support each other. But did that impact you on a personal level, those before then, the, this politics and economics and all of that? So there's always been like this fear because we live, Lebanon is in between two countries that are at war. So there's always been this fear of some problems happening or some bombings or some political and military issues really entering Lebanon. So we always grew up with this fear, especially with the stories I heard from my parents who lived through the civil war in Lebanon. There was always this deep-rooted fear of another war coming about. And 
as much as I love Lebanon and as, as much as I love this country, the fear never goes away. And did that like influence other things like how you related? I mean, maybe school. You didn't tell me where you went to school. It was that also, so you grew up obviously in Beirut. And then did that influence interactions with friends? Obviously, all of what was happening, especially starting 2020 onwards, uh, really started impacting not only my mental health, but the mental health of people around me. And so I just, I really developed this, I wouldn't say hatred, I would say this just feeling that Lebanon was no longer a place that I personally wanted to be greatly associated with because of all the problems that were happening and um, because of all the unsafety and uncertainty in Lebanon. So I would say friendships wise, things were pretty much the same. People are really like similar here and it's, it didn't really impact friendships or so social situations as a whole, but I feel like individually as people and especially as children and teenagers, the situation really impacts mental health. And so I personally struggled a lot, especially 2020 onwards. So one thing we should mention, because I don't think we did, are you, where are you right now when we're interviewing you? I think that's... I'm in Lebanon for the summer. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's still in your heart, right? (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more about the mental health aspect, if you want to share any of that with us. So I'm really happy to be here because it's an opportunity for me to share a something that I've been through that is really close to my heart and it's really present uh, within teenagers these days and with society and with social media. And it's, in my opinion, it's not talked about enough. So in 2020, when COVID lockdown hit, I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, which is uh, an eating disorder. And it is when Basically, it, anorexia is just, it's different for every person. But in my case, I just, I had this, because of when I was young, I, I was a very perfectionistic kid. And even till now, I just have this hunger for perfection. And I've always been like a big people pleaser. And I've always had this idea of who I wanted to be, what I wanted to look like. And so this perfectionism and this wanting to look perfect, to be perfect, really made me want to look a certain way. And so I started restricting my food and I started exercising a lot, especially during lockdown because we didn't have so much to do. And there were all those posts on TikTok and Instagram about eat this, eat that, like work out this way, do this, do that, like come out of lockdown with a completely different body. And so I really was committed to that. And slowly, slowly, my whole life I mean, I didn't have much of a life because of COVID, but I mean, the whole, my whole days revolved around exercise and food and slowly, slowly my health started taking a toll, my physical health and obviously my mental health. And so I was admitted to the hospital um, in May of 2020 and I stayed there for two months. And there is where I really started learning about, learning about anorexia as an illness and learning about how common it is and learning about all the misconceptions in society around societal body standards, around food, around life in general. So this experience at the hospital really opened my eyes. Wow. So do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the, some things that you learned about it 
And I understand that also you you were part of an organization working on that stuff. Maybe you'll talk, maybe you can share some of that with us. So actually, I would like to start with the organization that you mentioned because it is really linked to my experience at the hospital. So I feel like my journey with anorexia till today, because I'm when we moved to Dubai after the explosion, um, I continued recovery in Dubai, and I'm and I'm still right now working on myself, but. Back when I was in the hospital, I was placed next to cancer patients. And so I'm a really empathetic person. So I was really touched. And I just had this feeling within me that I, I wanted to do something to help those kids. I wanted to help them in any way I can. So I started spending my afternoons uh, drawing cards with my mom and giving them to the kids. But then my mom and I decided to create an Instagram account to sell the cards to our friends and family and donate the money to the cancer center. So that is basically what my project or organization is about. Um, it's called Feel to Heal. And um, we have a page on Instagram. So basically, I sell cards and the money collected is donated to the Children's Cancer Center of Lebanon. That's great. I also wanted to mention that, as you asked before, some of the lessons that I learned throughout my recovery and the past three years are one is that perfect is the enemy of the good. And that's something that my dad always tells me that being perfect, no one is perfect. It is impossible to be perfect. We all have our faults. We all have things that we're good at, things we're not good at. It's, it's really not possible to be perfect. And I also learned that um, healthy looks different on everyone. And we all come in different shapes and sizes. And it is our role as a society to really stop this or decrease this stigma and this the societal standards around mental health and around uh, our bodies because looking at the bigger picture all of this is are really just small details of what life is all about and i also learned that as i stepped into recovery i was walking away from a lifelong dream but i was walking into a life that was meant to have me in it Yes, I was walking away from looking like the nicest, the prettiest supermodel, but I was walking into a life that I was meant to live, a life where I can um, exercise freely, a life where I can enjoy my time with my friends, a life where I cannot obsess over every th single thing that I'm putting into my body just to fit the standard that was set by society. And I also learned that the dieting industry is a billion dollar industry. So all of the trends that come up on TikTok and on Instagram, lots of them are really marketing-based and are really business-based. And businesses just want to make money. So they'll just throw information, make people buy new things, uh, come up with different trends just to make money. So I really, this really opened my eyes to the way the world works. And I really want teenagers and boys and girls and adults all around the world to realize that we are so much more than our bodies. And I know it's hard to accept and I know for people struggling with eating disorders, it's hard to listen to the fact that our bodies are not very important and they shouldn't take that much of our self. They shouldn't take up that much of what our self-esteem is based on. But it's the reality at the end of the day. It took so much time for me to accept that. And I'm still trying to accept the fact that I can't look like Bella Hadid. I, I'm not built this way. My genetics don't allow me to look this way. But I can still be happy and I can still be worthy and I'm still enough. Sounds like that was a huge amount of learning for someone who's 16. I also know that you've, I believe you started 
or you're part of another group and that you were on a TED Talk. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? In March of 2022, I delivered a TED Talk at my school, which was mainly about uh, body image and about the experiences that I have been through. It was really hard for me to write it and open up because I was really sort of very vulnerable, which is something that is hard for me. After that, I really feared that my identity was associated with anorexia, which obviously is not something that I wanted. So it was a big challenge for me to be vulnerable, to be open. And it was hard for me also to remain true and uh, try not to give too much like advice that I don't necessarily practice. So because I am still in recovery, it's sometimes hard to say things and be really honest. So I think vulnerability, honesty, and overall like identity, really associating myself with this disease were the main challenges of that TED Talk. But overall, it was a really nice experience to share what I've been through. So how did you feel that your friends and your school community, how did you feel about their reaction and how was their reaction? So their reaction was obviously very sweet, very kind. Everyone was telling me, you're so strong and I don't know you went through this and um, I'm really proud of you. You've come so far. But honestly, as motivating as that was, it was also, I kind of felt, I wouldn't say guilty, but I also felt like everyone knew and it kind of felt like the maybe some people were judging or maybe some people were just thinking, oh, like this disease is so silly. I started overthinking it. And as much as the reactions were sweet, it was also really hard for me to accept the fact that people knew. And because I really wanted to disassociate myself as much as I can with the disease in terms of my identity, because it really takes up a big part of my journey as a, as a human being. But I think that regardless of that, it's important to share and it's important to, to share what we've been through so that we can help others. Despite all that, and I'm sure being of your age group is where people are maybe sometimes judgmental. It's really hard to go through that, but that's great that you did. And I'm sure sharing helped other kids who were dealing with not just anorexia, but other mental issues, right? To feel okay about getting help, right? And talking about it. So that, that's really great. So do you feel that doing these acts of helping out, does that help you heal somehow? It really does. Um, I think that for me, like just helping others helps myself. Drawing, like the the actual like act of sitting and drawing really helped me back then, maybe more than it did right now, but it really helped me back then when, when I really didn't think that I had a purpose. And so definitely all the helping and the seeing what people go through and the advocacy as a whole has been really motivating for me and healing. Has this impacted maybe your, is this maybe an area that you're passionate about or maybe the connection with the children or, or you don't know yet, which is totally fine too. 
I'm really interested in psychology now, probably because of all the things that I learned about our brain and the way our brain works and the biases that our brain creates and also like dysmorphia and the way our surroundings impact the way we see ourselves and the way we see our world. I can say for sure that growing up in an Arab culture where mental health is more mental health is more or less a taboo and it's not really talked about, it's really difficult for people to open up about struggles that they're facing. So maybe that may have influenced the way I reacted as I was overwhelmed with thoughts about my body and my weight and the way I looked. And I'm also really interested in community service and helping others. And also my experience with anorexia has inspired me to start public speaking as well. And I'm really interested in public speaking. So yeah, it really has changed me, I would say, in a, in a good way. So do you have any other passions you want to share? I mean, you talked about a, a little bit about all dancing and all these other things when, when you opened up. Is there anything else you'd want to share in terms of passions? Hmm. I would say that I realized that my illness really stopped me from doing all the things that I loved, like swimming, like dancing. And it really took away from so many teenage experiences that I hoped to have traveling and things like that because I was at a place where I wasn't physically ready and physically and mentally ready to be independent to travel to to dance freely to swim freely I really missed out on a lot of the things that I was passionate about and that is one thing that really when you're in the heat of the anxiety and in the heat of the of the thoughts and of the moment you really don't realize how much your brain and how much anorexia can take away from your life, take away from the experiences you're supposed to have. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to venture in those passions as much as I wanted to. But hopefully, um, as I become better and better, I can really rediscover my passions for dance and swimming. What are your biggest life lessons? I mean, life is a roller coaster. And it goes up and down. It can't always be good. But it's also not always going to be bad. Like it, it, Life is always going to find a way to work itself out. And one quote that I really like from a British psychologist, his name is Robert Holden, is that no amount of self-improvement can make up for any lack of self-acceptance. So it really starts with us being able to say, okay, some days I'm not going to be okay with the way that I am, but I'm going to make the most out, out of it. I'm going to make sure that I'm happy. Because, you know, it's so easy to like fix the things that it's not easy, but we can fix the things that we don't like about ourselves. Like I can, I don't know, if I don't like my nose, I can get a nose job. If I do this, I can look a certain way. But is this really how we want to live our lives? Like constantly changing ourselves and constantly finding things that we're not okay with and changing them and then finding another thing that we're not okay with and wanting to change it. But uh, instead, we can just work towards being happy the way we are. I just learned that it's really not worth it to put that much energy into things that in the bigger picture really do not make a difference. So do you have like a practice to remember when those ideas or thoughts come to you? or if you, And if you want to share it with us, that would be great. Of course. So I've been really learning a lot the past three years, uh, going to therapy. And I would say that it's really hard for me to 
implement strategies in the heat of the moment when those thoughts come. It's something that I'm currently struggling with and currently working on, especially when the anxiety is really high. I try to, what my therapist tells me is to hang a poster in my room with all of my life goals and all the things that I want to achieve and all the things that I want to do so that I can remember, wake up every morning, read it in front of me and remember who I want to be and whether the actions that I'm taking correspond and correlate with my goals. It's really hard and sometimes it's unsuccessful, but sometimes it is successful and those are the times that it matters. So is that something that you think you would want to advise other young people to do that are going through and have experienced what you've experienced? Definitely. So I would definitely say that try to remind yourselves as, as much as you can what you want out of this life, what are your goals, and whether or not the actions that you're taking right now relate with these goals. And it's always really important to think about the bigger picture, to think about what do you want out of this life? What do you want to be remembered as? It's really hard in the moment to think long term, but if we have reminders around us, um, maybe telling our family or our friends to remind us or putting some like wallpaper reminder um, or hanging up a poster as I did, uh, those, in my experience, they do work. Is there any other thing that you would like to share with us before we close? I really want to say to everyone around the world that it's just really important for us as human beings to be gentle with ourselves and to remind ourselves of the bigger picture, to, to remind ourselves of the fact that we are all insecure sometimes. We are all not okay sometimes. It's, it's okay not to be okay. We all have some bad days and good days. And as I said before, life is a roller coaster. But it's really important to also realize all the unique qualities that we have. It's really hard to see them, especially with people who are struggling with body dysmorphia, struggling with self-confidence and self-esteem. It's really hard to see the good things about ourselves, but they are there. And we all have our special unique qualities that make us who we are. And for anyone struggling with anorexia or another type of eating disorder, you are not alone and you will get through this. It's really hard and it takes time and it takes commitment. And it's, it's really hard to let go of that dream of looking a certain way because our society, TV shows, movies, have, has placed so much importance on that, on the way we look and on our physical appearance. It's now on a whole other, other level where it has caused people around the world to become obsessed with it. Obviously, it is okay to want to be the strongest and healthiest versions of ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that, of course. But as long as it's not obsessive and as long as it's in moderation and as long as it doesn't make you anxious or as long as it doesn't ruin your life, then I just hope that everyone is gentle with themselves. And I just hope that this podcast helped you, whoever you are. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to hear about what you do in the future and look forward to being in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is the Global Youth Matters podcast. We hope you'll subscribe or follow us at Apple Podcast or your favorite pod platform. We would really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review, especially on Apple. This helps us build an audience. Finally, we want to hear from you. You can reach us by email at globalyouthmatters at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.